Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One dead Cyclops. And one alive Cyclops. <laughs> one weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 173. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a prime number? Yes. I have no idea. Can't even check. Can't do your homework. Such a piece of crap, Robbie. I'm sick. But mom, I'm a baby. Mom, I'm sick. I don't want to do my homework. Yeah, that's evident. Hey, handsome Mike. Odd. How you guys doing? We have a jam-packed episode this week. Like we have every week is really. Mm-hmm. We'll always jam it to you. Mm-hmm. Pack it in. Mm-hmm. We are discussing the second half of Acre. Volumes four through six. Later on, you you say that like your tongue is falling down the stairs. That's kind ah, of ah. that's my default speech pattern. Thank you very much. I guess so. It's good. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Eh, there you go. Acura in Canada. Mm-hmm. Move the topic. And Tetsu. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's it's a a doo-wop group. That's what yeah. that's what Tetsuo. Um before we get there, we're awfully silly today. We have some combat books that came out this past week to talk about. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Good. I'm glad glad you're on I board. Agree. Good, we're I on agree board with, with this. this works. Good. It is time for weekly floppies. Weekly floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I will discuss a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may or may not be a mush meter involved. Goes from one to five. Our first book is Monsters Unleashed, number one, written by Colin Bunn, pencils Steve McNiven, inks Jay Liston, colors David Curiel, letters Travis Lanham. Um, uh, Pacific Rim in the Marvel Universe. Yep, accurate. They even say the word kaiju. They do. I mean, that there a that. There's going to be an ongoing book called Kid Kaiju after this is over. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm. I like. So that word is going to be a, a, a part of the Marvel universe, I suppose. Uh, it's sure. I don't know. It's this is a dumb comic book, uh, but it it looks pretty, and I'm all on board with this kind of dumb event after the, Civil War yeah, Two. This this book is dumb in the way. Uh, Pacific Rim is dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pacific Rim is a stupid movie. Um, this is a a pitch perfect uh dumb comic. Um, and that it's just fun and awesome. I mean, the the scene in in Pacific Rim where he picks up a boat and uses it as a sword. Mm-hmm. That's this. That's this book. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it it's giant monsters in. The Marvel Universe, all the characters acting correct, Elsa Bloodstone running on a wall. Mm-hmm. This is 
I mean, I, it 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 positively like reminds me of those, you know, like fun books like uh, uh, Next Wave and um, Frankencastle. Yes. You know, like it it, it it doesn't it doesn't it's taking itself seriously, but it is. It, I I don't know. It's just it's fun. It's what we need. Yeah. We don't need heavy morality tales that have been settled to you know 20 or 30 years ago you know by by science fiction and books and it's not not impressing anyone this is you know comics need to be fun yeah it's fun let it, let it be fun it's fun it uh, steve McNiven is a he's he's a good drawer yeah i, I like he's, he's I good like, at drawing stuff i like his drawings um i'm i have a soft spot for the old dumb silver age monsters Mm-hmm. I there's a there's a fing fang foom in this book. There is a fin fang foom. Uh, there's his, but, his weird nose. Yep, it's I don't know. It's big and stupid, and I would 100% take this event over Civil War II or anything like that a hundred times. Oh, absolutely. Through. So uh, I'm a buy. I like this. It is it is exactly what I want out of a big event. Mm-hmm. I am. Uh, I feel similar. We should uh, absolutely push go on this. Need I need more of this dumb crap in my life. That's double buy. Monsters Unleashed, number one. Next up, it is the mighty Captain Marvel, number one. Uh, writer, Margaret Stoll. Art, Ramon Rosanas. Colors, Michael Garland. Letters, Joe Carmagna. Designs, Anthony Gambino. How do you feel about this, Art? Um, I enjoy it, Okay, honestly. Um, it leaves me a little tepid. I, I I think I get that, but I kind of I like the the story shape of um. It looks like it looks like Cap's getting played, and I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily want the story shape where she's being taken advantage of, but I think that it's I think that it's interesting at least. And I'm curious where it's where it's gonna go. Yeah, I I I don't. This isn't bad. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to say that it's bad. I just I'm not excited by it. I think, and I think yeah. some of it is the fact that I'm probably am dealing with like the character assassination that was Civil War Two mm-hmm. with of Carol Danvers, and I'm yeah. like, where I don't. It's I really liked Captain Marvel before that, and it's this comic is just kind of completely glossing over much most a lot of that of course and, I, i'm yeah. pretending it didn't happen yeah i know i i i think that that's kind of what that that's the only way comic book continuity works is it's like don't look over there just don't do it just put the blinders on and look here only because it just it doesn't work that way for me i enjoy it i think that you know it references the uh the alpha flight book that i i uh i enjoyed Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's 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 fun. I never got too deep into the Deconic uh, Captain Marvel. Um, it just sort of never felt like my book. Maybe I need to revisit it. Maybe we need to do it for book club. And I want to see. I want to have a, a better idea of where I feel on it. I mean, we only read like a couple of random issues, and we would jump into like the end of an arc and i mean it was pretty random serialized 
comic books. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, Are you just a straight up a buy? I think so. I can't find any reason to say that this is not a book that I enjoy. I think that it's fun. And I think that it's it's Carol the way you want Carol to be. So it, it, it it's right to me. Okay. And it's got Puck in it. It does, it does have Puck in it. I'm, I'll, I'll say I'm a buy, a mushy buy. I'm like a mush. I think I'll go three on it, and that's. I, I'm gonna give very it, much surprises me. I don't know. I it. I just can't muster up the the excitement for it, and I'm. I'll give it a chance and give it a couple issues. Probably we might check in on it for a couple issues, see mm-hmm. where see where it's going. Uh, like I said, I don't. I don't know. It might just be my where my head's at right now. Or yeah. could, there's a lot of things that influence, but I don't know. It's not a bad comic. It's it's like everything it's trying to do, it succeeds at, I think. Yeah, I think it's an above average comic that could be a good but quite possibly forgettable arc. You know? Yeah. And it's 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 Carol back being Carol, and it, it I mean, that should make you happy. It looks good. It feels right. You know? I think after this summer... And, you know, mm-hmm. going on into the fall and, and a little and, bit of the winter as well. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the event that would not die. I think we're, we're, we're just happy to have good old normalcy, mm-hmm. weird shape-shifting scroll things, potentially babies that eat jelly beans. I mean, it's, it's good stuff. Sasquatch. That is Sasquatch. That's who that is. Squatch, squatching it up. Mm-hmm. Just kind of hanging out in space. Mm-hmm. So that is the Mighty Captain Marvel. That is a double buy mush meter of 1.5. Next up, JLA Rebirth, The Ray, number one. Written by Steve Orlando, art and color, Stephen Byrne, Clayton Cowles on letters. Uh, the third of the, the, the four Justice League of America solo Rebirth titles. Um, I, I don't know. What do you, I, I don't, I'm, I'm feeling kind of the same way about this as I did. The last one of this, the, like this, I feel mm-hmm. the same way about this as I felt about Vixen, where I, I feel like it's doing everything like correctly. Yes. I don't know. Maybe I just, because it's, I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like it's I, fine. Yeah. I, I think that I agree with you. I enjoy this a little bit more for some odd reason, and I couldn't really tell you why. I think I kind of feel like the like oh he's gonna he's allergic to light he's gonna get sick he's gonna die like it kind of raises the stakes a little bit and gets me a little bit more involved versus like I'm an invincible like uh, supermodel mm-hmm. who's also a superhero like that's that is not that interesting to me to where like I I don't know like I feel like I can relate to like this vulnerable kid a little bit and he you know he just he just wants to go outside and be in the light and he it makes him blow up yeah his power set is a more dynamic than mm-hmm. hey i'm a dolphin yeah I'm a ghost dolphin got to stomp elephant stuff um i do think that you're you're kind of right and that it um it's kind of like laying that foundation like what's the bare minimum stuff we have to do to have a superhero comic you know, okay, we're going to fight a bad guy, introduce a character, powers, okay, this book's over. And it's um, it's a bunch of stuff that's just kind of done without heart. 
it's okay. I'm curious what the actual book, the team book, is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And I think with that in mind, like having all these characters laid out in their basic foundation, I think is important. And I think the the in, at least the thing that does embolden me to like keep wanting to read these and keep checking in on these JLA books is like they are all pretty optimistic and i certainly hope that the that this foundation of all these solo rebirth books first lets us get right to what the book the team book is about it's not going to be a whole arc of let's get these guys together and establish everything like i would definitely prefer if you're starting a new team definitely i i I'd prefer this method of like here if you want to know what these guys are about by themselves, check out these books, and mm-hmm. then hopefully the team book can get get to what it wants to do faster. Right, it doesn't have to waste a lot of time in like establishing an origin story for eighteen characters. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I'm a buy. Uh, probably a, another mushy buy on this one. Mm. Probably like a two. I think. I think that's a fair number. Um. I think that maybe it's a little bit better than that, so I'll go one. Okay. But I do think that a little bit of caution is warranted just because it is, it's so generic, so forgettable superhero comic. And maybe that's your bag. I, th- I think I'm really mostly biased on the merits of Steve Orlando and the faith I have in him as like, oh yeah, he's putting this thing together. I, I, we yes. haven't seen the entirety of it yet, so I don't want to just, you know, crap on it before it's even started, really. I think that that um, time will tell on all of this stuff, that uh, Steve will, um, he'll prove us where he's going with all this. I mean, it, it if it's going somewhere, I think that it will be better than this. And I think that's what you're driving at. Yes. Uh, so, double buy on JLA Rebirth, the Ray number one, mush meter of 1.5. Next up is Curse Words, number one. Uh, by Charles Soule and Ryan Brown. Colors by Ryan Brown, Jordan Boyd, Michael Parkinson. Letters by Chris Crank, Ryan Brown, Sean DePascal. Logo by Sean Dove. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever read a comic drawn by Ryan Brown that wasn't also mm-hmm. completely wasn't written, written by, by him, him as well. And he's his yeah. batshit insane ideas. This is probably the least batshit insane Ryan Brown comic book. Not that there isn't ever some crazy, like there is a certain level of insanity in this thing, but it is oh, yeah. a lot more. It's pretty batshit. But it's still more coherent than God Hates Astronauts ever was, mm-hmm. which had Carl, literal Carl Winslow with gorilla arms in it. Mm-hmm. And a guy whose head popped and he got a cow head. Yeah. I, 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 I like this comic. I'm, I, this, I this enjoy comic it. is is awesome. Yeah. I really really like it. The I the good it has a it sets up your this main character really well. Yep. And I am immediately kind of intrigued in his story. Mm-hmm. It, like they do a really good job of setting like setting the stakes for his existence on Earth and mm-hmm. making the magic part of him not. Like not be this. It's not the most important part. His power is not the most important part. It's kind of his decision making process, and he's this kind of great. Like I was, I don't know. It takes a lot for me to like that morally gray character. 
can, mm-hmm. it's hard to get that right sometimes. And I think they do a really good job of getting, setting up this guy who's like, he's not full on hero, but he's not anti hero either. He's a good, like interesting mm-hmm. mix of someone you're like, do I root for this guy? Maybe. I don't know, but I like that, that feeling. Do you know a thing that this reminds me exactly of is uh, a manga and an anime called uh, Bastard. Are you familiar with it? I am not. I mean, it is almost exactly the same shape that there is a uh, uh, an incredibly powerful evil wizard and he gets brought back to life uh, by these good guys and he's kind of a little bit against his will, is like bound to like the soul of a young boy. So it like kind of changes him a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird. It's, but it's really kind of unimportant. The important thing is it's like almost this exact thing that there's like some sort of elder God that one of his old disciples is serving. And it becomes this sort of like all of his old cronies are sort of coming from this other world to like stop or to stop him. And he's trying to, he's trying to be a good guy. So it's almost this exact book, and all of the all of the characters are named after uh, '80s hair metal bands. <laughs> uh, uh, the the main character in Bastard, his name he's named after D. Schneider from Twisted Sister. Mm. Evil that's, hip, evil hip, hip, hipster wizard. Yeah, um, it's the thing that actually happens, and that's exactly what made me think of it. Is um, his girlfriend was a, uh, I think she, she was a, she was a dark elf, kind of like this, uh, this wizard that they're going to be sending after her or after him at the end of this book is kind of like his old flame. So it reminds me of that an awful lot. Not a terrible series, but it is dumb and cheesy as hell. Well, I, I, I like this. Oh, this I, is awesome. This is really fun. Uh, it's, yeah. But it's, I think, I'm glad it's, we're not just getting dudes head exploding and his head turns into mm-hmm. a cow again. Like, I, I like, yeah, some, I like some coherency I- injected into Ryan Brown's, uh, I don't know, insanity. I would, I would say that they work really well together, uh, yeah. Brown and Sewell, that, um, he reigns him in really well and it's, it's very fun and coherent and feels, I don't know, just really interesting, well-defined. I, I like it. Yeah. And it still manages to be big and over the top in kind of the right way. Just puts a baseball so stadium it, it, in his pocket. Where does he do that? That's awesome. I mean, that's at the end. He does, he just shrinks it. It's like in his hand, and then you could see it in his pocket. Hmm. He just puts a baseball. <laughs> Can't have any witnesses hmm. for me exploding people. So they're all tiny, I guess. Many tiny people. Of course, how I don't know how those tiny people are going to live in that pocket. That's not really. That's not. You're not going to sustain your life living in a baseball stadium for very long. No. And that's not really good. Um. I'll buy. Buy this comic. It's good. It's a good comic. Just so that you know, the the URL for curse words is wizard.horse. You can email them at wizard at wizard.horse. I don't know if you saw that, but that's amazing. That's pretty good. Memorable URL. Mm-hmm. So email them at wizard.horse. It's too bad that Jason Aaron can't buy Thor.goats. I mean, 
there's always tragedy we have to you know kind of live with, and there's it's, no door that goats is one of them. It is certainly true. So it's double double buy, curse words. Number one, our last book is the Adventure Time Marshall Lee Spectacular. Number one, uh, it's a four stories. Uh, I'm gonna see written by Mariko Tamaki, S. M. Vidori, Melanie Gilman. S.M. Midori doing both a written and illustrated work, and then illustrated by Audrey Mock, Asia Kendrick Horton, Trungles, with uh, additional colors by Laura Langston, and letters by Warren Montgomery. This is a comicsology original. That's why I included it. Yeah, so they're, um, they're creating their own content through Boom. Is that what's going on here? Yeah, this is only available through their platform, and on Amazon, and on Kindle as well. Yeah, and I I like that. That's um, it's a smart move. Uh, I like seeing uh, Trungles do some comic books there. I think it works pretty well. He's got a, a fun handle on the characters. I like I like this. No, you know? I, I do too. It's cute. I mean, all it's the fun. all the. I mean, I don't think I've run an Adventure Time book. Any of them? They're almost all pretty pretty good, pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, ni- nice. Pretty much without exception, they're all uh, they all get the voice right. They're all fun. I mean, they're people that work on the book that are very passionate about doing it right, whether it's writing or drawing. Yeah, and I think also the ma- kind of malleability of the Adventure Time world really allows a lot of you know exploration. You know, there's a lot of places you can go and a lot of genres mm-hmm. you can kind of dip your toes into. Yeah. Regardless of what, you know, you can tell what any kind of story you really want to. You know, you can tell like a, a, a fun, like music centered story. Like they, there's one of the stories in here is that, but, or you could do like a horror story or you could do a, a pure romance story. Like you can do kind mm-hmm. of anything in the adventure time world because there's that room in there. Um, uh, there's going to be more of these originals. Um, I don't know. That's the thing I'm curious about if they're all going to be, if they're just going to be through different publishers and doing different properties and I don't know how the, I don't know how like the money works out. Like, do they, does, cause there's all the, they're also going to collect this mm-hmm. when all of that, like this whole year, all the things published through them this year will also be collected into like, I guess their annual comicsology original book. I don't know if that's, yeah. I don't know if that's going to be like, Hey, there's going to be an IDW book and there's going to be a dark horse book and there's going to be, who knows? I don't know if, it, or if there's going to be even like their own, like, Hey, we just signed an artist and a, and a writer to make a comic. That's not any through any publisher. It's just their idea, which mm-hmm. I'm sure they have thought about. Um, Cause it's, I'm, you know, they have Amazon behind them. They can certainly, their Amazon is in the original content business now. So I get, I know they're eyeing every, every single, every single one of their, I don't know how to, their systems or their platforms, pla- maybe. platforms. Yeah. They're probably going to yeah. go like, well, why, why should we, we can make all the profit if we do it this mm-hmm. way instead of yeah hosting other people's content. Yeah. They're, uh, they don't just want to be resellers. They want to be publishers as well because it's how, I mean, it, it's how like games companies sell game hardware as exclusives because why would you buy a system that plays what's on everything? Yeah. You know, why, why are you going to go to, to them over Apple or Google? Yeah. For, I mean, it, you're going to, it's because you want to see the man in the high castle or whatever. Yeah. And they're, 
the same attitude. I'm sure that they, they have the advantage with Amazon bought Comixology. They have the advantage. They have the certainly mm-hmm. the most, the widest known comics distribution platform, but I guarantee you that any, all the big other big companies are also thinking of ways they can, I mean, you can buy comic books through Apple. They're yeah not the ideal way to read a comic generally, but you can do it. They're, they they're, censored uh, Midnighter. They censored uh, sex criminals as well. And Saga. Yeah. I don't know. Glad this... they protected us from that. Yeah, I know. It's very dangerous. I don't know. The I... uh, the uh, did you notice that Mariko Tamaki uh, wrote this first story? Mm-hmm. The who wrote that She Hulk book? Yeah. Her name after that has stuck out to me. She's also what is it? Supergirl that she's doing? Uh, C. Orlando is doing the current Super Supergirl. I think she's doing some book. I'm sure she is. She's some female led book, and I think that it is Supergirl. Maybe Power Girl or something. I don't know. Yeah, they got something coming out. She wrote that. It's called two, wrote that Supergirl two. being super. Oh, okay. It's like a. Is it a one shot or something, or is it? Might be like based a on the graphic, show. Might be a graphic novel or something like that. Like a yeah. like a or digital first or something. There's. It's hard to follow. I think comic I books think are hard. That, yeah, I think that she's better suited to this, and I could see it working for Supergirl as well. I don't really see that was that was my beef with her She-Hulk is she's trying to make Jen too cute, too cutesy, and it just doesn't work for me. Whatever, this is fun. No, this is a fun comic. I, I like all the all the stories are in and out real quick, and they all kind of do what they're very a good economy of uh, of action in all of them. They all really accomplish what they're going for in a short amount of time, and they all have you know these styles are different and all the artists, but they're not, they all fit the style guide kind of, you know, that's the, I don't know a thing about adventure time as well is that you can kind of, the character models are kind of malleable to different art styles yeah. to a certain degree. Well, they, they definitely experiment more than, uh, I don't know, pretty much any show, at least in terms of the way it looks. There's, you'll just have an, an, an episode where the art style is just completely whacked out and different. So, it feels natural to see stuff like this. Yeah, I'm a buy on this. It's good. It's a a, a buy as in it's a, a free thing with your Comixology Unlimited. Yeah, I mean, if I... Or can you actually buy it? You can buy it if you're not subscribed uh, to Comixology Unlimited, but it is free with Comixology Unlimited as well, which I subscribe yeah. to. But uh, I'd buy it regardless. I think it's it's worth, if you know... I I don't think that I mean if you hate Adventure Time no you're not probably gonna enjoy it but you know if you're yeah. if you're a a human with a heart and a, a that it, you know like a normal person who enjoys Adventure Time like most people should I, a lot of people hate it I, a lot of people hate it I don't understand I don't get it either it's just delightful and a fun world to be in and I think people just hate teenagers and kids and they're just like like God damn it. Why can't everyone just watch Howdy Doody and die? <laughs> so is that, is that a quote? Yeah, I mean, full, full quote. first they changed what it was, and I can't remember the rest of what he said, but... I used to be with it. Was, it. Then yes. they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it. In Very good. It, I, award, I award you one point. And what is it is weird and scary. <laughs> Thank you, Grandpa. You're welcome. Uh, 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 you buy, Eric? Of course. Okay. Double buy. Adventure Time Marshall Lee Spectacular, number one.
We can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show. Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. Uh, what we've done or played or seen or whatever. Just kind of recommendations or nerdy things or things to check out. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. What's going on, Eric? I, uh, I went to, uh, the women's march. St. Pete? The, uh, yes, in St. Petersburg because, uh, there was not one in Tampa because we were having a festival for children. Uh, to celebrate a pirate. <laughs> I chose to go to St. Petersburg and uh, uh, show some solidarity with uh, with them 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 chicks. Uh, no, it was fine. I kind of don't understand. Like, it just feels like such a dumb thing to go protest. You know, like to to walk around and to chant stuff and to hold a sign. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is only making me feel better. But, like, kind of the whole point of it is to just be there and be a body mm-hmm. so people can take pictures and say, here are all these people. They're here because they don't fucking like you. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's by the way, this is recorded uh, 122, two days after uh, 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 the, the Trump inauguration, in case you're listening to it a really long time later. <laughs> So I I don't know it, it it makes me happy these protests were everywhere in almost every major city and in a lot of places around the world too. Mm-hmm. They even took a picture in Antarctica, mm-hmm. which is pretty pretty rad of them. Um, but there was a very large turnout. Um, it I I don't know. I'm glad people are doing it. I'm glad I went the whole time I'm there. I'm just like this is so stupid. Why am I doing this and you see it on social media, and it feels a lot, you know, it feels a lot more valid. It it's, it's symbolic in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, that's a, protest in general is, uh, and and marches and stuff like that. It is it is purely like, hey, yeah, to be seen to to know that this is not, you know, you can't kind of hand wave that away. You can't mm-hmm. n- make those pictures of all those millions of people disappear. You know that it is. Yeah, you just show like, hey, no, we exist. We we are we feel strongly enough to go outside and to 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 gather together even if it is a, a symbolic gesture it is still a, mm-hmm. a valid one i think it's a symbol that um that we need to we need to keep putting out there i think that you know if um i mean obviously it's it's pretty clear that like you know comely at the fbi clearly had an impact on the the election uh, it's, uh, the CIA seems to think that the, the Russian hackers had an impact on the election. And even so, I mean, not to get it more political, but like it was a razor thin margin when you really look at like how this state flipped this way or the other. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and more people voted for Hillary Clinton. So, I mean, I think it's an important thing that people need to put out there. That, uh, hey, um, you know, we're still here and we don't like the crap that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And he's, I don't know, he's assuming office with a less than 50% approval rate, which is kind of unheard of. It's very bad. Yeah, it's it's not great. I mean, nothing about this is, is super good. No, it's all it's all bad. But I'd like that it's 
woken people up. I think everyone was super apathetic and thought that nothing could happen and did not take this seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that that is the thing that I did Saturday. How else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I got invited to uh, a, a show uh, by my uh, con bro, Hansel Moreno. Uh, it will be in Texas. I forget the gallery's name, but I'll be talking about it. Um, where in Texas? I just said I don't. I don't know. Oh, okay. I can, I can look up. Do you want? I can. I can tell you since you. I, I thought. I, 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 I thought you didn't know when. I didn't realize. So. No, I know. I know when because okay. it has to. Marks and Rec attribute. Jerry's Artorama in Austin, Texas. Austin. Okay. Have you ever been to Austin? I have not. Cool I will city. probably not be going for the show. <laughs> it's a cool city. I imagine it is. I imagine I would like it. You would. You'd like Austin a lot. I think um, I would probably go to um, Nashville first. I would go to Tennessee first uh, before I went to Texas. But it, I, you know, I have interest in going to both places. You know, places that are southern and have cool things to do. I, I, I like that. If I, I mean, I don't know. In love with Atlanta, I would do the same things I do in Atlanta in those places. Austin has like four of the best barbecue places in the world, apparently. No doubt. I've only eaten at two of them, but it was good barbecue. I'm sure I can eat at all four of them in one day. You probably could. Yeah, you just have to wait a while. You said it was a park, park and rec themed. A parks and rec themed show, and I'm gonna try and get a. Um, a uh, a watercolor painting done and shipped to them in time. Cool. Any idea what you're doing yet? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, pretty straightforward. Just drawing the characters. Leslie Nope. I think I'm. I drew her like with her like her hand raised in the air, but I think I'm gonna put an American flag in her hand. But just sort of like little caricatures. I think I'm gonna draw from uh, Derzo and Jack Davis for inspiration. Um, but I think I can stylize the the them and do good caricatures of them without the problem that i'm having is it looks stiff and a little bit too directly from a photograph like i was talking about it last night when i was um i had finished a whole bottle of wine i was talking about the uh the dennis hopeless wwe comic and how on point all of the drawings of dean ambrose were like you could tell exactly who everyone was but it didn't look like it was just directly copied from a photograph, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it had a, a looseness to it and a good – it looked like a cartoon should about that person and not like a stiff drawing. So I I want to try and push it to that place, but we'll see what we do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I can. <laughs> Leslie Nope in particular is a very challenging face because her, her – it's I don't know. It's it's hard for me to find where the character is and how to make it look like her without just like making her like look like a witch. Which I don't particularly want to do. No, that's but not we'll good. We'll see how it goes. I've been sick all week. Just puking on yourself? No, just a cold. Just congested, coughing and, and sneezing. Uh I did I have mainly just kind of tried to exist. That's mm-hmm. been my main goal. I did I I dipped my toe into a video game that I've had for a while. And I've been playing again, and now I kind of respect more. Uh, it is called Near Death. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, you are a, it is, year is 1982. You are a pilot uh, who flies to uh, 
Antarctic research stations in between them, delivering supplies or whatever, and your plane crashes, and you crash near an abandoned research station, outpost, whatever, and you don't, you have to survive, and 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 then kind of last long enough and muster enough supplies so that you can get to uh, outfit a bobcat and get to the closest, uh, the next closest uh, station, which is manned by people. Uh, it is a constant fight against the cold. The entire game is you dashing between. It it is like twenty four hours of darkness. It is a hundred below outside, and you have to get in between different. You like only thing you have that warms you up is a, a kerosene heater that you have to like get into an enclosed space inside and then put then warm yourself up long enough to get mm. like get your heat back and then you have to run again out through the outside um eventually you can turn the power on to all these different buildings and that that way they will that power will give you heat um but it is really like a lot I don't really like a lot of survival games like, you know, the type of games where you have to go, like, chop down a tree and make sure you have food and you have to mm-hmm. build a cabin and watch out for a, a, a lion or whatever that will come around and that puts you at disadvantage against environment and are really, really hard. I generally don't like them because there's just too many things you have to keep track of. Like, oh, you have to keep your – you have to be thirsty. You're thirsty, so you have to drink water and you have to keep your food and you have to sleep and you have to worry about your temperature. In this game – uh, and there's no narrative. You know, it's just like, hey, you're out on this island. Survive as long as you can. And you make your own story. In this game, it is it, there is a narrative. There is a beginning and an end. And your own, the thing you really have to worry about is the cold. You don't have to worry about feeding yourself. You don't have to worry about your water supply. You have to make sure you stay warm. And now having experienced very, very cold weather... <laughs> I was going to say, isn't this, like, very close to home at this point? Yeah, when you first uh, first crash, it is, like, negative 30 uh, outside, which I've experienced now. And I understand, like, and then it gets quickly, there's a storm comes in, and it gets much, much colder and windy and way more dangerous. And I, like, I start to, like, understand, like, yeah, that, that need for te- for warmth after a while, like, not like, oh, I'm fine. I'll be okay. It's no, I need to get warm now. I, I, I understand how someone could die if out in the cold for too long, but it's, it's a really neat game. It's, I think it, re- it does what it's going for really, really well. It doesn't try and make it too big of a, I think that's my mm-hmm. problem with a lot of survival games is like it loses focus on like you being uh, helpless by like layering so many systems of like crafting and all that stuff. I like, I'm not that interested in that. And this game is very, it's a lot simpler. It's just like, Hey, you need to get in this room now and hope you have enough canvas so that you can patch the window so that you can not die. But like, that's it. It's, uh, it's really fascinating. It's not a calm game though. I would mm. not, I would, if you're looking for a peaceful time, don't play this game, but it is yeah. a, it is a fun, like very like, it's and it's it. I think it's no longer than four or five hours at most. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's a bite-sized thing. Which, but you're saying that there is some kind of overarching narrative. Yeah, you're you're okay. You have to do this and go to these places, and these people are coming. And if you do this, yeah, you, have to... you get objectives like go over to engineering and salvage like these parts that you need so that you can make this bobcat good enough that you can actually drive 220 miles mm-hmm. away. 
and then you're you're communicating uh, through these teletype machines to a person at the next outpost as well, who's like your lifeline. He's like, yeah, this is what you need to do. Go do these things. Uh, so it's not like just a completely isolation thing too, but mm-hmm. you're just like, it is a very much like you were trying to get rescued or rescue yourself. You're not, there's no like just wander around and like set up life. No, there's not that you don't, you just, it has a beginning and an end, a story, which I think I appreciate more than anything is like, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't want us this story, this game that lasts for 50 hours and I don't really have an ending. I just have like, yeah, muster up enough survival to like exist. I'm like, I want some narrative and it, it provides that. I've also watched the thing again and it makes, reminds me of that with no monster. There's always time for the thing in your life. Mm-hmm. You always need John Carpenter's thing in your in your life. Mm-hmm. I really do. It is the new Blu-ray of it, the Shout Factory Blu-ray uh, with a new cut and extra special features. I'd recommend it. Any any thing fanatics out there, pick it up. I'm certainly one of them. <laughs> <coughs> That's it. Hopefully, be more exciting next week. I'm not ill. Almost over it. You ready to talk about Acura? I am ready to accurate it up. I mean, that would be accurate. Oof. That's, that's, that's something, Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, with that excellent pun, we can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd, Nerd Boy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will uh, assign a longer collective work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. This week we are discussing the latter half of of Akira by Katsuhiro Otomo, volumes four through six. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm on board. This one, I'm mm-hmm. I'm. This is uh, there's no laggy. There's no that we are, we are talked about that last week. A little the third volume kind of loses. I know it felt like it lost a little bit. Yeah. Of the of the focus, I don't. I didn't feel that at all in this thing. It felt it felt like I was like flying a million miles an hour straight into a brick wall for for mm-hmm. three volumes of comic book. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely very intense. I You have misgivings? I don't know that I have misgivings. It's uh I think I just like I like the world better uh before this point. Because it's not the like this is full dystopian like broken down yeah. city like there's no society mm-hmm. anymore now it's just these rival kind of gangs t- fighting for power in the ruins yeah, yeah. which is I, I don't know it's not as fun even I I think this was actually after um, Fist of the North Star at this point because that's all that Fist of the North Star is is people wandering around and superpowered people making their heads explode and all these wrecked skyscrapers and mm-hmm. you know expendable dumb punks yeah um so it just it it doesn't feel as hot or as fresh as uh the first ones were i don't want to say that any of it's really dead wood because you do get some really interesting background on um uh, you know the mystery of the numbers the espers is uh yeah. you said from the uh, and i wonder what i don't remember ever hearing that in a subtitled version of this is what they called them. Yeah, I don't know. I I was keeping an eye out to see if we I'd see that word and I didn't. I don't know. Yeah, they don't, don't they don't use it in the Dark Horse version of this. Um I also have the uh, uh an, an another edition, probably the Kadansha edition, 
that I want to look over, but um, have not yet been able to do that. But I think, like, all the things that the first couple of volumes do right, this still does incredibly well. Um, and I think it's interesting that I was really confused all those years ago when I first read the first volume of, uh, of uh, Akira. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is nothing like the movie. And then you get to the end of this, and it just it, it feels like it has a, essentially the same shape as the movie. You know, just yeah. with more meat, more characters. But it it's like it starts in the same place and ends in the same place. And the movie is kind of like the Cliff Notes version of this. And I was not expecting that to be the case. Yeah, it, it the movie kind of just does a roundabout version of this with a lot less time. Mm-hmm. It's just like w- the characters end up in a similar place, but they mm-hmm. just kind of do the bridged. Like we want to get them from A to A to B, you know, but we have to kind of skip all that stuff in the middle because mm-hmm. we can't make it a ten-hour-long uh, anime. I mean, you could. I'm sure they. Yeah, they could. I- they have. They didn't want to. Could do an OAV or a mini series of this, yeah. something like that. Well, I mean, I believe that there is a live action Western version in the works, but that might turn out to be like multiple films. I uh, I don't know. People are not all that all. I no. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. It's I again. Hollywood is not necessarily listening to people who actually have read the source material or the mm-hmm. watched the, the who love the anime. They are going like, yeah. "What's a what's a property that we haven't used yet? Mm-hmm. That is some anything that's anyone ever anyone has anyone heard of this? Oh, let's make a movie. Let's make multiple movies. Let's yeah. stretch this out." Also, they're going. Uh, Kadansa is releasing a a a non flopped English version this year at some point. Um, for the 35th anniversary of, of it. So there's going to be a, they're going to be, they're calling it, it will be the definitive English version of it for like 200 bucks a box set with everything. Well, maybe I'll just hold off and get that. That's probably, if you're. 200 is a lot of bucks though. It is. This is, it. I mean, it is, it's a sizable amount of story or at least yeah. a lot of, it, there's a lot of, a lot of Acra. Mm, Six volumes a, of three to 400 pages a piece. It's a, 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 10 billion speed lines there's a lot of that yes <laughs> if anything like speed is the mm-hmm. thing that is delivered by every action it's just like these people are flying at a million miles an hour i don't know i felt like this is i don't know maybe it's just because i had a better handle on what was happening for the most part i wasn't like i was losing track in that third volume of what was going on but in this is, I don't know, the stakes are clearer, I guess, even though mm. I'm not necessarily sure what Miyako, what they want out of Tetsuo versus Akira. Like, I, that is the one thing that is always, that's confusing to me throughout yeah. the second half. I'm like, obviously Tetsuo's condition is constantly kind of changing. So I'm sure they're like Miyako's plan is adjusting, but mm. I don't, like, she's trying to coach him. Like she, like yeah. she, she's like, no, you, you can't do get, don't take those drugs anymore. Yes. But then I, I'm not sure what, like he obviously, like he's never, he's never like peaceful. He's always yeah. kind of 
He's always crazy. I chaotic, want to yeah. kill everything. He's always a monster. Yeah, aside from like very brief moments with oh, what's her name? That poor girl. Calry? Yeah. They uh they just straight up make her his girlfriend and yeah. introduce her at the beginning of uh of the movie, which makes more sense. Yeah. In this she's like Stockholm syndrome girl. Mhm. And it's you're like I mean Tetsuo's there's a, a certain amount of empathy there just because he's sho- he's showing like affection towards something like just mm-hmm. him showing any kind of like uh em- like kind emotion is like refreshing because he's like a chaotic monster most of the time but it still yeah. is icky like it's not like she's she's like the sad it's the saddest her character is so sad like she's just like abducted and used as like her his slave and then his babysitter Mm -hmm. yeah she's not treated very well no she doesn't die as horribly in this as she does in the movie jesus christ it's horrible yeah when she's she's crushed to death by like tetsuo's tumors yeah his mass his disgusting uh like tumors Mm, his giant baby tumors baby god (laughs) i don't okay which character do you – I'm asking – okay. I'm not going to ask you your favorite character. What's your least favorite character? Hmm. Probably Akira. Really? He doesn't He doesn't effing do anything but stand there and stare at stuff. And they even say that, like, his personality is burned away. Yeah. He's just kind but of he like is a shell. Just, he's just all power. You know? I, and I don't necessarily mean that as worst character, but I don't know. I – I certainly hated the captain. The that the colonel? The no no no, not the colonel. The dude who runs uh Tetsuo's gang. The the, the guy or the, the necktie guy. Yeah, I really he is uh like Tetsuo is a monster, but mm-hmm. like you had this feeling it's like especially at the very end where he's just begging for death, like you get the idea that he's incapable of controlling it anymore. Yeah. Uh, that dude, necktie dude, captain dude is just like like a scumbag mm-hmm. who's just like trying to gather power. A, yeah, he's a. I mean, he's like a. a he's like a, a a desert warlord, you know, mm-hmm. coming and raiding villages and amassing power. It's a a very real and unfortunate uh, thing that happens. People like that d bag. It's interesting you bring him up as uh, as a character like that. I mean, I I, I definitely see what you're saying. Tetsuo compared to him is almost, I mean, he's a bad guy, but I mean, you could make the argument that he's just kind of a victim of all of these powers and the drugs and everything's just making him insane. Yeah. That he was ostensibly an, a normal kid before all this happens. I not, mean, not that different from, uh, from Canada. Yeah. Who was, you know, he's a delinquent, but he is. I don't know. He's he's not a at, at his core. He's not a bad person, you know. Um, I would you I, mean, I would say he's a teenager. Which yeah, he, he's a he's a he's a dumb teenager. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, what teenager? What fifteen year old? If they suddenly were like the most powerful psychic on earth, and then all of humanity was destroyed, or all of Japan, you know, where you live in Japan was destroyed. 
I can't really imagine it being too different than this. You know, he's just kind of dumb and awkward and doesn't know what to do. <laughs> and of course, he's just going to kill a shitload of people. Yeah. I that's I, that's why like I I feel like he is like I I never hate Tetsuo. Mm-hmm. Like even at his worst, I'm I feel like there is a measure of just like he has lost his mind. Like he is, yeah. he, there's nothing like that's not really Tetsuo. I mean, like they call it yeah. Tetsuo, but he's like a new thing when he mm-hmm. gets his powers and then the drugs and being taken by the yeah. government and meeting Akira and like all that stuff happening. Like, I don't think that's actual, like, I think the only part you see ever see Tetsuo again is at the very end when he's just like, please kill me. Mm-hmm. And they can't even do that really. Cause he's too powerful. So it's, it, it is kind of like they say with, with Akira that, um, you know, his personality is burned away and it, 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 has changed so much of what Tetsuo is. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, he he is the main antagonist of the story, but I don't. He I think that's what makes him compelling is that he is there's you. I don't know. I feel like he is there's he's whatever he is. It's not his fault. It's like this. Mm-hmm. It's whatever this force is. This evolutionary force that for some reason he has been. Is it the drugs? Like that's the, I think that's what they say is like you take that drug and it, you get access to it. And some people are, I mean, that's what happens to all those other kids in the gangs. Like yeah. they get the think, drugs and they get sort of I, powers. Right. I think what it is, is there are people with an aptitude for it and the drugs kind of enhance a latent ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not just about the drugs. That's right. Because the uh, monks yeah. can also, they also have yeah. abilities. Mm-hmm. And it's just some of them have more of an aptitude for it than others. You know, Tetsuo and Akira, they have like probably the highest aptitude for it. Um, but the, the drugs are more or less just like a shortcut that the uh, that the government created in their study of whatever this is. And it, it helped them shortcut like the, the 20 series of of uh, of kids to be much more powerful than the earlier ones that's that's how i'm that's how it's reading to me anyway no i think that's right it's hard like they never really give hard and fast rules anywhere anyway so it's yeah you, it, you, you kind of have to like glean it yeah it's it's a mushy weird thing i mean Kay never takes the drugs and she's she's a little um she's got a little bit of it herself enough that she can um absorb the powers of the other three or was it four of them it was only three of them because yeah. um oh, what was his name in the first book takashi takashi okay 26 yeah he gets he's the he's the one that sparks that first explosion because he gets killed yes and then Akira yeah. re- responds yeah she's like they call her a medium she can mm-hmm. they can combine themselves into her and then she can kind of use their powers this this after after reading this second half, this in a weird way, Akira reminds me of Runaways, mm-hmm. because it is all it's very youth focused and it's very much yeah. like uh, uh don't big tr- problems don't, that the kids are gonna sort it out. Don't trust adults; they're the they are yeah. the problem. Huh? They're the ones who got us into this mess. You know, it's a very kind of punk attitude. Like, don't trust people mm-hmm. over thirty. You know that kind of thing. It's, it reminds me of Runaways in a certain way because it is like the 
the first half kind of culminates in this is what like there is a we are after World War Three we've they've rebuilt to a certain extent and obviously you know World War Three adults fault they rebuild and then another you know disaster happens because of adults not knowing when to stop not knowing you know not realizing like look we you've already caused a war that nearly destroyed the earth and 30 years later you are still meddling with that power and because you don't know when to stop you cause another war another explosion another disaster that destroys the city and i think like that second half is like there's there's less focus on adults because of the way that the city has been destroyed you know, it's it's become like Lord of the Flies in a certain way. Mm. I feel it is very much like I think even at one point, who says it? Uh, there, the youth is as much. Oh, I forget the exact line. It, but I, it's one of the. I think it's the Colonel who says it. He's like their youth will might be as just as valuable as you know their energy or something like that. Like their youthful energy is is as vital as anything. And it feels like it is very much a targeted, like, you know, not and just not just youth, but a change. And I feel like the, the ending really kind of nailed that home. It's very much like the UN sends in people to help and all the young punks are like, no, go away. <laughs> we don't want your we've had your help. We don't want it anymore. We can we'll do it on our do it on our own on our own terms mm-hmm. uh, for good or for ill. You know, it's still it's them deciding, no change youth we're not gonna go the same path we went down at the last time this happened like you know in the military i think it's just a like we see those doctors and we see the military i don't i feel like those are just extensions of adults mm-hmm. establishment yeah the uh authoritarians yeah who are gonna just bomb everyone or use uh like biohazard weapons biological mm-hmm. weapons which obviously like carpet bombing japan i i like i i read up on uh otomo like people would ask otomo about how much of this is an allusion to you know uh, the, the atomic bombs and you and the development of nuclear weapons and all that stuff and he's like no nah, it's incidental but i don't know whenever you have a a foreign force carpet bombing Japan in your comic book. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm going to draw allusions to things. Well, I think that it's just a thing that's in his mind. He might not have intentionally set out to do it, but it is a thing that he would have grown up thinking about. You know, yeah. it was a very real thing. And it's, you know, it's, it's like how, I mean, are you, we're going to see media where, like alluding to 9-11 at some point. Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm sure we've read something, uh, certainly things that when we went back and looked at um, the original Civil War, that it very much felt like, oh, my God, you know, terrorism and scary. And, and mm-hmm. it, it felt like that post 9-11 panic. Yeah, I, th- I feel like we are now just getting to the people who grew up with 9-11 as a presence in their life mm. telling start like becoming known storytellers artists and i feel like that there's of course there's a lot of work that is involved in that you know themes of terrorism and mm. i mean sheriff of babylon like that is yeah immediately 
prescient. But I think the things of like when it becomes not even necessarily like a overarching like part of the book, it becomes more of like just a background of how you grew up. Like I think you can see it even like see it in things like Miss Marvel and books like that who have they they've come out of that mistrust of 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 Islamophobia and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I think those things are are reactions to that even if they're not even if the topic of the of the story is itself not like hey look at terrorists but it's more like it, always in the background it's just like in such an influencing force and i'm like that's what this feels like in this in this story it's very much like it's a such a fact of life it just kind of influences how you see the world your perspective is just changed by it so so drastically that it doesn't even necessarily have to be your focus to influence the work. What'd you think about all that metaphysical stuff they got to at the end? I just kind of shrug it off, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's where I was at too. I mean, whenever, I, I don't know. I think that there's a little bit of that in, uh, uh, Alita, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, when I was a younger person, it probably had uh, a lot of impact on me. But I think it's in a very Japanese, in a very manga sort of way, it's just trying to be a little bit too big for its britches. I, I don't know. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, I mean, it is an art form that I love and respect, you know, comics and, and manga, you know, whether you draw that distinction or not. But I kind of... I don't know. It, 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 it feels corny in, uh, in a thing like this. Yeah. To and where, it, like, if I was reading it in a Neil Stevenson novel or something, I might feel very different about it. I feel like it is in a book that is speed lines. Yeah. <laughs> and just, and, yeah. and, and toppled skyscrapers and, you know, exploding tumor baby mm-hmm. monsters. You know, that it's like a very, it's of such a small part of it at yeah. the very end. It, I guess I, I can hand wave it away. Like, yeah, it's, it's a, an know, attempt to explain it, you know, explain yeah. the forces, the powers. It, it's not necessary. It's like midichlorians. Like you don't need to, mm-hmm. incl- you can just say it's a greater force that we don't understand. Yeah. I think that, um, it, it, it kind of makes me think of, uh, have you ever seen Evangelion? I've seen like clips, but I nothing to like get a. I I've a lot of people I know heavily have have heavily recommended it, but yeah, I've never watched it. It's fine. I don't think you really need to. Okay. It. Uh, I think that it clearly borrows a lot from this. It's a thing that I can see was big and influential and important. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly like it, but it very clearly is built on the foundation of Akira. Mm-hmm. And that it is based around here are these disasters that happened, you know, and it's about like, you know, giant monsters appearing out of nowhere and like weird mystery. And this shadow organization has built giant mecha mm-hmm. that turn out are alive, you know, sort of. And okay. it's all really crazy and weird. And it kind of the way that this just kind of goes completely off the rails and gets a little sick in the head. That's exa- exactly what happens in um, in Evangelion. And I think that, to me, it's like a thing for kids, you know, that it's, it, it feels like a weird cop-out in all these, all these things, you know. Um, 
that uh, you've got to drift off and it's a bunch of weird philosophy and all these loosely connected ideas and it's it's like it's it's less like a good story and more like a Jodorowsky book. Yeah. You know, that it's just batshit craziness. Evangelion is absolutely like that. I mean, it suffered from, like, their budget just, like, got completely slashed or they ran out of money and they, just like their last couple of episodes were just, like, voiceover on, like, still shots and just just abstract craziness and it upset a lot of people. You know, and then they got more money and made movies that supposedly wrapped up the story, but they were a batshit bananas crazy, the way the most batshit bananas crazy parts of Akira are. Well, they, uh, I, as I was Googling around, I found uh, comparisons between the mangas, between the manga the Invangelion and, and Akira. Mm-hmm. Direct comparisons, think, people going like, look at these, like, page to page, like, look at... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That it's a, it's a very similar kind of ideas that, you know... They call it like human enhancement and stuff, you know, in, in, in Evangelion. Uh, and it's got, I don't know, it's got those same similar themes of science gone sick and wrong and the, the, you know, the, the ultimate sort of conclusion of that, uh, with huge loss of life and I don't know. The, I think the thing that's interesting about all of them is just world and mystery, you know, that neither story I think Akira has better characters than um, than Evangelion, um, but they—I mean—they certainly have iconic characters, mostly visually, I suppose. Yeah, I was going to say like there is. I, I I really thought about it, and as I was reading uh, this week, and I was like, there the character designs on these mm-hmm. on these guys are is really smart and really well done. Yeah, and really yeah. memorable. You can. I think he does a really good job considering that. He kind of tends to draw everyone like within a kind of narrow range, you know, but he still manages to make everyone look pretty unique and memorable. So it's 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 interesting that he's able to that that he does both of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they, they even I was reading up on something about the fashion choices mm-hmm. that. It was more prevalent, of course, in that f- the first three volumes because it wasn't. They were in some dystopian wasteland. Yeah. Uh, but even after, there's you know you can look at the the way that people the clothes that people wear and mm-hmm. it is for a book that is so punk. There is like very little like of that aesthetic. Yeah. It, it, it is definitely it's a it's close like it's people wearing like polo shirts and stuff like that. It is mm-hmm. it's it's not like leather jackets. Although you yeah, know, obviously. Uh, uh, the, 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 the jacket from the, from the, the anime is like mm-hmm. the most, probably the most, the thing that I think of when people, yes. when you would say Acura, I think of that jacket with the pill on the back. With the pill on it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very iconic. It just burns itself into your memory. You know, when you think about when you, I like that you mentioned that because like that kind of aesthetic, you know, is kind of echoed through the whole thing that when you look at the architecture, and the shapes of rooms and things that, you know, everything is very, like, simple and bland and utilitarian. And mm-hmm. the, the clothes also fit that mold. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, you know, every, everything in this, it looks like it takes place in a laboratory. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got that kind of... Sterile. Yeah. Sterile government. You know, even, I mean... 
even the motorcycles and even all that stuff. And it's it it just is sort of part of who Otomo is, I think. I think those motorcycles are one of the very few things that are that stand out and that I think mm-hmm. you can tell that like by the well not only how they look but also the reactions to them how mm-hmm. how they are fetishized by the, all the the gang gang members how they're like oh look at that one oh look at like that that all that yeah that t- when they're walking around like Joker's garage uh in the this the second half and uh Canada Ca- Canada is like oh wow look no look at this guy. And, like that kind of thing it's very they they stand out and even to those like the those floating military bikes and like all that stuff that they look very generic they look very like this thing was designed to fly people from here to there it is not sexy you know there's yeah i think that the 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 strange thing about about tetsuo is that he his design is like the sexiest thing in this book everything else is very like even like like all all the good guys are look boring like they don't wear like like Tetsuo's like side cape and like his hair is blown back. He likes looks very like m- a more typical like a um you know like when you think like Dragon Ball or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like when they he looks just like uh, he looks just like uh, Vegeta. Yeah, he, I think the, everyone else it looks kind of like uh even Canada who is a delinquent. His style is not mm-hmm. that he's very clean cut. Yeah, he has a kind of a boring haircut and he wears. Uh, polo, yeah, with polo. stripes on it. Yeah, it's uh, it it doesn't look very delinquenty. No, it and I mean I think that is like, I don't know, that that says something in itself of like these delinquents are still that like they go to school mm-hmm. in, that, in those first volumes. It's not like they yeah. just cut class. They do still go to the school and get yeah. punched by the gym teacher. Yeah, no one's they're they're not wearing denim battle jackets and giving themselves prison tattoos with. Uh, heated pens and under a stairwell no you know no one's they are doing drugs i was gonna they say are. they're not like they're not shooting up heroin but they are sure as shit doing drugs yeah pills and mostly pills i think ad- amphetamines they say they are aren't they yeah i mean i think Uppers. like i think like tetsuo was doing he was doing downers because it was the only thing that like calmed him down relaxed him well, that makes sense i think that's what was going on the 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 big scene, him snorting the five grand worth of uh, five grand worth of dope, as they said. I really wonder what words they used in the the Japanese version. That's the thing that I actually would, if anything, would go seek out that new. I want like mm-hmm. the translation. I'd love to see the differences if there are any. Yeah, yeah. And non flopped, you know, right to left. It doesn't look bad like this. No, it I doesn't. I bet it looks it, very different. I bet it does. That's the thing. Like, I, it would be like a, a new experience. Just if it, it. I wonder how much it changes. I wonder how much they'll mm-hmm. change. Yeah. A thing that I remember in the the Evangelion comic is it was the first one that I saw where they didn't translate the sound effects. Yeah, that that's the other thing they've mentioned is that these sound effects. You'll see the original Japanese sound effects, and mm-hmm. then, like that probably will also drastically change. It it's weird because and it, you know like a gun goes bang bang I forget what it goes um, in in uh, in Japanese but like their sound effects like they don't even make sense like they don't even scan in my mind you know it's mm-hmm. like why is that going foo why is that going uh, guru guru like what what does that mean 
you know, it means nothing to me. But like that, it just scans immediately for him. But you know, like a Rob Liefeld gun goes butta butta butta, like that's probably completely meaningless to them. But like, okay, I can imagine the. Sa- it, it, it's weird that that's cultural. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I, 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 that's like reading this. Like I mentioned this last week, I, I, I want to read all the stuff that Otomo read. I want to read mm-hmm. all those everything that he was reading, like in his. Like he's mentioned that his influences, a lot of his influences were like Western, Western cinematic stuff. Like, and you can yeah. see, you can see that in his art. It's clear, oh, yeah. we, which we also talked about last week is like, mm-hmm. it's cinematic in a lot of ways. Um, he wants, he wanted to be a director. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'd love to see the Japanese stuff he read, you know, and, mm-hmm. and see what, see what led him to this along with the, the, you know, Western films, which I've seen some, um, what? How does that the the romance between K and Canada <laughs> sit with you? Uh, kind of like um, in Doctor Strange, right. where uh, he just kisses Night Nurse at the end of it. It's like, okay, well, there's a boy and a girl in this. We might as well hook them up. I like that she's complicated and that she is kind of in love with Ryusaku. I find that pretty interesting. You know? Yeah. She calls him brother, uh, but I I never thought that she was like his actual blood relative. No, like brother in arms. I you know that. That's, yeah, that's whatever, kind of whatever you want to call it. And yeah. I think that it it can even be like a term of endearment. You know, like I know that um, I can't remember the exact thing, but you'd say you know Onesan for like a girl who's like you're close with, you know, your sister. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not just your literal blood relative that it can just mean someone that is in your in your life system that's close to you. Yeah. But uh, I I did like that. Um, but it does feel and I don't know, like we talked about a little bit with Parasite, that, that kind of is like maybe it is just a culturally Japanese thing that that's just, you know, you're just around each other a lot. And you're like, well, I, I guess that's then, and then you say whatever. But I guess he's this whole. I mean, Canada the whole time has been like, hey, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, baby. I, I think I'm okay with it. like it's like it's not like they. It's very much like, yeah, he can't. He's 15. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's an idiot. Of course, he would fall in love with this girl just because she's around her and. His very, his brash, like, oh, you're gonna go have to, there, you're gonna go, uh, take on Tetsuo. Well, I'm gonna kill him first, so you don't have to. Like, that is, I, I like that that's how they play that. It's, it, you know, he is, she is in power, and like, she is the more powerful of the two, and he's always, like, I don't know, he, he, he's a protagonist, but not at any, I like, I, I like him a lot more after he comes back than I did before. Mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah. It's, and it's very much like I am a normal dude taking on this giant monster mutant baby thing that used to be my friends yes. and yeah. whatever. I have a laser gun. Screw it. We're going to we got motorcycles. Let's take them on. And it's, yeah, it it, 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 it it he's got a lot more like focus and mission at that point. And he's not just like dumb jock causing problems and trying to bang some chick. Yeah, he's very much like, oh, well, I'm, I got to take out Tetsuo. He's my old bro. We got to take care of him now. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a much more interesting shape to a story, and I I also 
her, I, I think that the fact they make her powers like the medium, she's a medium, like she's empathetic. She feels she uses other people's abilities. Like it feels very much like she would f- feel his intentions in like, I don't know that that makes it more palatable to me that she is, she, she's an empath, you know, and that, yeah, and, and that they, she's, you know, she's not just, she's not cowry. No, that she is. Well, I mean, even from the beginning, she's, she's very active. She's a, she's a very rich and interesting character Yeah, and not just in the, uh, the fake strong female character type, you know, that, yeah. that like, that like she amounts to nothing and it affects the story in no way, but she does get to like punch a guy in the face and say hi ya, or she like hacks something and then doesn't affect the story at all. No, there's there's I mean multiple really strong female characters in this, you know, they're and not in that hackneyed way. They're like uh, Miyaku, um, uh, oh, what's the what's oh, what's her name? Um, Chiyoko. Yeah, the, Chiyoko. Chiyoko is cool. Chioko is awesome. So I guess like I, I was, I keep forgetting about Chioku, and I was thinking that uh, Chioko, excuse me, yeah, that there are actually quite a few when you think about. Um, oh, what was the, what was number nineteen's name? Uh, Miyuko. Yeah, Miyak- Miyako. Yeah. I don't. Miyako. Uh, yeah, M M I Y A K O. Okay, that'd be, yeah, that you just correct. Um, so I mean. Passes the 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 baseline Bechtel test, I mm-hmm. suppose. Yeah, Kay and her talk about yeah saving and, the world. And all, and, yeah, and Shioko is uh, has a relationship with Kay as well. Uh, for some reason, I was thinking kind of the only ones that like really draw attention to the fact that they're female are Kay and Calry, uh, uh, and it's it, it's because of like well. Not just the nude scenes, but because they're like lusted after, I suppose. Yeah, which I the, mean, the, the the nude scenes were felt super out of place in this. I, I like, I can deal with. I actually think Kay's at the end there mm-hmm. felt like she went through that ritual. Like, yeah, I don't. I felt like that is like she became a different character a little bit. Like mm-hmm. that's like a change, a, 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 like it is a, a nice, a nice bookend to like, this is the end of her as this character. And this is the beginning of her as like a savior, as a, as a me, as an official member of that group with Miyako and uh, the other espers. Those like, it felt like she is officially one of them and it took like, do they need to show nudity? No, but I like that her like shedding her clothes it's a, and changing. It's at least jarring. Yeah, yeah, like changing clothes. Like that is a you know an, a, the. I mean, it's not like it's original, but it is a thing that mm-hmm. makes sense in the story. I mean, a thing that is usually done in um, in in Japanese culture and in manga and in, in anime is uh, hair cutting. That makes sense. I yeah. didn't know if you were aware of that, but that's that's supposed to mean like leaving your past behind you. Like if you think of um, in Mononoke Hime, when uh, Prince Ashitaka uh, cuts his hair in the beginning of the movie, Mm -hmm. everyone cries, you know, because symbolically it means I am leaving my past here and I'm moving on. But it is, it's one of those like cultural symbols, something that, you know, it, it, they all get it, you know, um, that, uh, we don't necessarily get it. I, I think if they were, 
I, I definitely agree with you that like it is she is pretty different. She changes pretty tremendously from the beginning to the end, and that is a really important turning point for her as well. I mean, all the the other nudity is like I don't know. It's Chioko was just it. That was like why is that? That's so strange. Yeah, I, like a she's cleaning, she's taking a shower or whatever bath, yeah, like a sponge bath. I'm like, what? Okay, like I know that they have to clean themselves, but I don't really yes. care. Like, well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think in, I mean, there's a, there is a fair amount of nudity in this book. You know, there's men and women that are nude in this book. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's tremendously, I mean, we see Tetsuo's scrotum, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, it, it's not like it's absolutely completely out of place, but it is kind of jarring. And maybe that's the intention is to just be jarring. I, I don't know. I mean, it does. I don't know. Uh, it's it's hard to say. I feel like Tetsuo's nudity is very much to make him, make us empathize with him and mm-hmm. make us like that is it makes him look vulnerable. Yeah, make us go like maybe like that is near the end when he is like seeing these revelations of him reverting to like this his child his baby he, like he becomes a giant mutant baby thing and it's yes. very much like him his personality just vanishing like it is him like everything that is him disappearing completely and like reverting to this very primordial form and i think that is part of it it's just like yeah he's a he's vulnerable how do you how do you make a monster look vulnerable well you you take away everything you take away his armor you know you take away that cape you take away you get you take away his robot arm now he has a real arm again mm-hmm. i know shioko i don't know other than it reinforcing her femininity a little bit in which she is, you know, she has typical, she's like a take charge, uh, masculine, I get like stereotypically masculine ideals. Mm -hmm. Like it reinforces her femininity maybe, but other than that, I don't see any, I don't really do much uh, for me. Well, I mean, it felt very much like I, you know, we're going to put some nudity in this book. It, it, it felt, I don't know. It it felt like it wasn't really all that important. No, it's the it's like, the wrong kind of adult content. Yeah, I mean, and I, you know, whatever. I I I don't have a problem with it, and certainly it was one of the things that really drew me into like uh, manga and anime as a as a young person. Like, oh well, this is this has this has tits in it, and this has gore in it, and it's it's this, and it's. I mean, but I also, I mean, I liked the, the different set of tropes that it was using and the cultural aspect. And, you know, it was like a whole different, a whole different world than I was used to seeing. And it, it changed the way that I was thinking as well. Um, but it was just so shocking to see that in a comic book back then. I don't know. Yeah, there it is. Feels kind of senseless. Do you, is there a, any appreciable difference in his art between the first and second half? I uh, I don't think it's any remarkably better or worse. Okay. Um, I do think an interesting thing is uh, you know manga traditionally like you, they would not see it as a manga page, and I forget like the terminology for it, but I know that it's it's like any kind of craftsmanship that they're in in. In their tradition, you know, that there is a right way and a wrong way to do it that, um, you know, kind of like American comic artists, they draw on those eight and a half by uh, or uh, excuse me, 11 by 17 pages 
and ink it on those 11 by 17 pages to have a real thing that they can sell. Japanese people, they have that, like the mangaka, they do that because it is, that's the tradition. Like, it's not manga unless you, like, are drawing it on paper and you're laying down tones on paper and there's not, like, there has to be a real physical thing that is your final whatever. You know, even if you do part of it in the computer, you you print it out and you glue it together. Like, that is just the tradition. Then there's there's no argument there. And I think that because I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at scans of this, okay. you know, and, and it, it, it look it's very beautiful and easy to read. You know, it looks good in a scan, but it isn't right to not see it printed, that it is important, you know, seeing it on a page that I greatly prefer it in a printed edition. And I think that that's the same with basically all of manga, that it just it loses some of the specialness when it's just pixels on a screen. That when it's when it's like black ink on paper, even if it's that cheap newsprint or whatever, it still feels closer to like that that thing that that mangaka has created. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's it, it's adhering to the tradition. It be, it makes not, it, it makes it real. It does. I mean, but it just like I read this on my tablet, and I was like, yeah, this looks really nice, and I like this. But I just remember reading so much slower going through that printed book and stopping and really agonizing over the lushness of the artwork and thinking, like, this is incredibly beautiful and, like, just appreciating so many more aspects to it to where in a scan or in a, a digital comic book, it just it's, – it's so easy to take it for granted. I mean, yeah, of course it's beautiful. And maybe it's just, you know, I've seen three whole traits of it. And at this point, yeah, okay, the the virtuoso nature of it is kind of old hat, whatever. I mean, who cares? But I think that, I don't know, I think it's important. It's printed for a reason. It's done the way that it's done for a reason. I, I, I don't know if there's, I think his art is just as evocative as it is mm. in that first half, but... I don't know. Maybe it's the stakes are higher in this volume, or the it somehow I don't. Uh, it felt it it I felt more connected with yeah. with everything that was going on in this second half. And I it, I don't I don't think there's anything appreciably. I don't like everything. Still looks just as beautiful as ever. Characters still like emote tremendously, like tremendously well. Like the storytelling is still very solid and concrete, even in mm -hmm. these really kind of like very sometimes elaborately crafted action scenes where there's multiple people like you know like there's multiple scenes where there's people riding on motorcycles and they're like jumping through flying through the air and all coming at different angles and all these different forces interacting it from different different perspectives and it could be easy to lose track mm -hmm. of what's happening but I, it never happens i like in and at the same time being some of the most compelling action you you could find in a comic ever and i don't know maybe it's just the fact that it is like this more dystopian setting and like the maybe just the emptiness of a lot of the uh shots a lot of his his art resonated more like i it felt like you get those destroyed skyscrapers and kind of empty streets and destroyed highways that populate a lot of the second half and maybe just that 
high contrast with that fast action. I don't know. It it is a it's a a blend that works really well, and maybe that is just what has it kind of drew me in more. I don't know what it is, but it like you get just it's like that uh, the part where uh, Kay and the Colonel go off early in like the fourth or fifth. I think it's the fourth volume. They they go off to find uh, Chinyo- Chinyoko. Mm. I think that's what happens because he knows where she is because he helped rescue her after she was hurt. Um, like them just kind of. Sk- like this, this, it has really good contrast between these high energy, high action scenes and then like this very stark, quiet, two people just kind of like climbing through rubble and talking about the stark realities of them. Like them, there used to be villains and enemies and now they're these weird allies. I don't know. It, it, I think that we have become in, inured to a lot of this dystopian. Mm-hmm kind of visions that like every third sci-fi book or movie is now dystopian and like we often talk about it in our superhero comics like i don't need to see destroyed skyscrapers again like that it's not cool anymore it's kind of boring uh so it's easy to go uh this is i've seen this a lot but like thinking about this being 30 years old or 20 years, yeah, 20, 20 to 30 years old it like it it has a different impact on like i you know it's it's a constant struggle whenever we read something that is clearly the beginning of something that now we have seen a million times you it it's always a struggle to go like oh no we have you have to just kind of like keep that perspective in mind even though it's really hard uh like thinking of how lands how artistic landscapes change over a couple decades, how things that used to be novel are now boring. Yeah, I don't. I I, I don't know. I I we talked a lot in that last week about you know why does why is this important? Why does it belong in the canon, etc. etc. And I don't think I ever would. I never would really believe that it shouldn't. But I think it's definitely clear to me now after reading the getting the entirety of the work and like I really I search for like scholarly work on this. Mm. online and try to there's really not a lot of it um i i, I think you're gonna have a trouble you're gonna have trouble with that ever one because it's japanese originally so you have to deal with translation issues as well and the fact that like it's honestly hard to find copies of this yeah like, it's out of print for the most like even the dark horse version is mm-hmm. is out of print so you like i'm glad they're re-releasing it in english so you can Go buy it new at a store. You don't have to hunt down used copies. Um, but there, I, for a book that's so important, like, I think that hopefully that new anniversary edition will draw a lot. Like, there was a couple things I read that were really exciting and interesting and kind of did, did dig in deep into like his influences and what that, what the kind of all those cultural themes we talked about, where they lie and how they influence the book. And that kind of, it helped color in my perspective a little bit. Um, it's also funny, re- funny reading, per- like people reading just the first volume and then going, "No, this isn't for me. I'm not going to read the rest." Yep. <laughs> it does. It, it does hold together, I think, better as a more complete product. Mm-hmm. It does. I know you were talking about how good the storytelling is. Yeah. In this, which is kind of a different thing that what I'm going to ask: Do you think it's well written? For the most part, I don't think it's badly written. But I don't think it's a, it's really, it's a great comic book. Mm-hmm. It's not like 
a, 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 a superlative piece of literature, if you can split that hair with me. No, I understand. I, I agree with you. I think that, that it's, it, if it's Otomo wasn't like such a spectacular visual storyteller, mm-hmm. his artwork wasn't so compelling. Yes. This would not be as good. It would, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's sounds almost dumb to say, but I feel like the writing is, so I think we talked about that third volume. I think that's the worst of it. I think, yeah. I think that it lags in there and it loses focus. I think in this four, five, six, it's, I think this, that it is a book. I think it is a story of two halves. I think that, that one through three is, a, is chapter one and this is chapter two or something, mm-hmm. however you want to frame it. But it, I think it lags in that last, the last third of the first half of this book. Um, but I think his writing is fine. Uh, good enough to, like, his art carries his writing. Yeah. I think that it's, I mean, I would almost compare it to, like, a Mobius written comic. You know, I mean, it's not as dreamy and aimless as that. Right. And it doesn't just, like, end suddenly the way that a lot of his stuff did, where you just lose interest and go and draw something else. But it's certainly, like, that kind of thing. You know, a lot of manga... Their stories written by people that draw comics, you know, mm-hmm. where we have people that are writing for comics and people that are drawing for comics. And it is a team where it's just very different, where one person is kind of the creator and they might have people doing assists for them. They'll have an editor or, you know, someone that will help them, like, write it and I feel like a lot of manga never had a script because they're it, they just do layouts and it goes from a, approval of a layout for the story to the actual finished pages. So it, it I it's not going to be a thing like Watchmen. No. Where there's like 200 pages written for, you know, a 20 or 30 page comic book. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I, that that is accurate, right? I'm not yes, making Alan, that up. No, Alan Moore did write. He writes extensive scripts. His his yeah. his his like he'll he'll just he'll I don't know. I've read some of the scripts that he he's released over the years, and they are just like paragraphs and paragraphs of descriptions. Mm-hmm. And like you read his From Hell script, and his first the first page of From Hell is three pages of paragraphs. And it's not all on the page. Some of that like bleeds into later later stuff. Um, the artist will include later on and some of it's just background information, but no, I, th- I like going back to what is canon in comic books mm. because it is a collaborative process or because it involves both writing and art. You, you can come at it. Things can be included in the canon of comics for, because they are tr- like tremendous works of visual storytelling over something that is heavily scripted literature. You know, I, I, and this falls into that where certainly if Otomo wasn't such a talented artist, it wouldn't be as good, but he is that talented artist. He did, you can see the evidence of all his, of his work all over, all over comic books since this comic. Just like you can see the impact of Watchmen over comics since it came out. It's, mm-hmm. just, you know, you can, artistic impact is just as important as thematic impact or, you know, However you want to, however you'd like to describe it. I don't know. I'm, I'm really happy that we read it. I'm glad we did too. I always wanted to finish all of it. And now I have. Mm-hmm. So folks, that was Acura. 
volumes four through six, and that wraps up the entirety of the book. Great, great, great comic. Uh, in two weeks' time, taking a week off, two weeks' time, we'll be uh, d- digging back into Saga, doing Saga volumes five and six. Obviously, we'll probably just be reading, reading the whole thing again. We'll be focusing on the new stuff, because we've discussed the old stuff before, but I think, you know, of course, the character, all character arcs will be in discussion, so keep that in mind. But the, the two most recent uh, collections of Saga. I think that'll do it for us this week. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find links to everything there. Links to our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. To our Twitter, which is at hbchour. You can also email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Um, if you like the show, give us a five-star review or su- and subscribe on iTunes or uh, wherever you listen to us. Whatever service you use, uh, I'm sure they have a review uh, function, and we really appreciate it if you would do that for us it helps us get new listeners and we appreciate that a lot you can find me on twitter at mix master serial that's m-i-x-m-a-s-t-e-r-c-e-r-e-a-l eric where can they find you online you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and you can see uh, most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com that includes my instagram where i'm known as easy goodnight and my Twitter, where I am at Mr. Bad Example, spelled MR Bad Example. With that, folks, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.